welcome. So as you guys know, we have been in a series about convictions. And for me, it's been a serious blessing getting to hear all of these things. Um, and for those who are new, convictions, we're not talking about the justice system, but convictions means, it means a strongly held belief. And so we're talking about things that we believe God has highlighted that's important to us, that he doesn't just want us to have now while we're in college, but he wants us to have for the future. He wants us to learn how to be lifelong followers of him. So that's why we're talking about these convictions, what we strongly believe. And so tonight, we are talking about devotional life. I think it's up there. And so last week, Jordan talked about reading, which was so awesome. I was really stirred to pick up some books. Um, and then, so the other, there's two more aspects. The aspect we're talking about tonight is worship. So I am very excited. So we're going to pray, and then we will get started, okay? Um, dear Jesus, thank you for tonight. Holy Spirit, thank you for coming in this room and just filling us and being with us. I pray that you would move in our hearts you would soften our hearts to just receive what you have for us. And God, I just pray that you would use me. This, this won't matter if you aren't here, if you aren't speaking. And so please speak through me, God. Let us learn what worship is. We ask this in your name. Amen. All right, so we're in college. Is, how many of y'all are in school right now? Pretty much everyone. I know. <laughs> yeah. Bible school, yeah. Some people, though, in this class aren't in college, and that's okay because we'll still understand what we're talking about. But um, we all know what school life is about, right? We go to class probably, maybe more, but I was going to say 12 hours a week, maybe more. And then when you're not in class, you're studying. <laughs> um, you're studying for, let's see, I've, I've heard that for every one credit hour that you have, you have to study three hours. So 12 times three is 36 hours. That's that's almost a full-time job with school. It's ridiculous. And so one of my friends I know who, who spent a lot of time studying is Taylor. Taylor, she works really hard. She's very, very intelligent. And um, she has spent a lot of her time in school. Um, sometimes people make their whole life about school. And Taylor used to do that too. But she has grown out of it. So that's awesome. But with that, with, with putting so much time in our studies, there are things that we have to sacrifice, right? We have to sacrifice time, sometimes sleep, and sometimes you have to sacrifice relationships. And so Taylor used to do this, um, and I know that she's grown a lot, but to work this hard, she worked that hard, she, she put that time into it because she saw that school was worth it. And so another aspect that we see here at WVU, besides the school life, is the party life, right? We see it all around us. <laughs> it's a reality. Um, some of you guys in this room used to be part of it not that long ago, or you have friends that are in it, and, and they, as they live this life, they also have to make sacrifices. Um, they, they spend a lot of money, you know, going out. Um, sometimes they sacrifice their reputation, and sometimes they sacrifice their good judgment. And... They do this because they want to have fun. And they see it as worth it to make those sacrifices so they can have the good time that they want to have. Does that make sense? Okay. And so for me, my first year of college, do you want to know the life that I lived? Yeah. <laughs> I lived the lifestyle of a loner. <laughs> 
I'm serious. I had two friends. One was my sister. So, I mean, she was my best friend, but, you know, people don't count their siblings as their friends. And the other one was her boyfriend, who I didn't really like, so he wasn't really a friend either. <laughs> but, yeah, half the time when I spent my time with them, I didn't even like it because I was the third wheel, you know? No one likes being the third wheel. And so I chose that life because it fit my comfort zone. I, I, I'm an introvert. I love, I do like spending time by myself. And, <laughs> and I'm also, I also used to not be like really outgoing either. And so I didn't, I wasn't really good at making friends. And um, so those were the sacrifices that I made. I sacrificed not making good relationships my first year of college. And so when we choose to live our lives a certain way, there are sacrifices that we're willing to make to live that way. And we make those sacrifices because we see it as worth it. And so tonight, we're talking about worship. And worship, I think most of us can say we've learned about worship because of music. We've attributed to what we've learned about worship because of music. And we think of it more as a type of music. But I actually think it's more than that. Um, worship means to give something worth. It means to demonstratively attribute value, particularly to a deity or to a god. And so through music, we can give worth to God, right? But, but I, I don't think that, I think there's more to, to worship than that. Um, I believe that our lives, as we've been talking about, can show what we worship. And so I'm not saying just because you give worth to school or whatever it is that you have in your life that you are worshiping it. But if you make it ultimate, then it can lead to that. And so what God is asking is that we lay aside our lives to live a life of worship. To live a life of worship, it means that we will do whatever to show that God means the most to us, that he has the most worth in our life, and he is more worth than anything. And so that every part of our lives, our hearts, our bodies, everything, we will give glory to him. And so... We do this because of who he is and what he has done for us makes him worth it. That's why we worship him. And so as we live a life of worship, it will cost us something, just like you know, what we live, how we live our lives now, it always costs us something. It will sacrifice. But we do this because God is worth it. And so the verse we're going to have tonight is Romans 12.1. should be up on the screen. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I'm really, I'm really excited about this verse. Um, so in this verse, before all of that, Paul, he's just, he's just finished explaining to the Romans all that God has accomplished uh, for them through Jesus. He is saying that because of who God is, that he is loving and merciful and full of grace, and that because of what he has done, that he sent his son to save us from our sins, that we should be compelled to respond in a certain way. And so this actually reminds me of a time when, I, when someone did something for me and I was compelled to respond in a certain way. Um, just a few weeks ago, Sean got me my very first Mac computer. A MacBook Air. It was super sweet. I was completely surprised. And um, I'd been wanting a new computer because I had this B 
big old black Dell laptop. And it didn't last more than an hour off of the charge. It was annoying to me. It was probably annoying to other people. (laughs) And so I was grateful for it, you know, because I had a laptop, but I really wanted a new one. And even when John got it for me, I don't even know if he knew that I wanted a new one. Um, And so I knew that Sean had been selling some old games on eBay that he was actually making quite a bit of money on. And um, I knew with that money, he did have a desire to spend it um, on some things that he wanted, which I was okay with. Um, But as he sat down and he thought about what to do with that money, he thought of me. (laughs) He thought about something that I needed. And so he selflessly used that money to buy me a laptop. And as I was thinking about this the other day, I was just filled with gratefulness because out of everything that Sean could have done, he could have, like, he bought me a laptop instead. He used that money on me, and it made me feel so loved. And and as I have something, as I have this gift from him, I'm compelled to make sure that I take really good care of it, that I don't scratch it or mess it up. Um, that I, I make sure that I use it well for the work that I have to do and that I enjoy it. Um, and so just as I'm compelled to act a certain way because Sean got me that gift, how much more should we respond to what Jesus has done for our lives? Just as God has given us the gift of salvation through Jesus because of his love, and his mercy, and his grace, our lives should show that what Jesus has done is a big deal to us right? And so we should be stirred with gratefulness and love because Jesus thought of us when he went to the cross. And we should be compelled in our lives to do something. And I believe Paul, he's given us that answer. He's saying to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. And so as Paul is saying this, to offer our bodies, at first it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. It's like, okay, well, Here's my body, like what does that look like? But as I continue to like study what that means, what I believe it means is that Paul is not just talking about our physical bodies, but the complete man. It means the heart, um, our minds, our souls, and, and our actual bodies. And so that's what we're going to look at for a little bit tonight is how we can offer, or yeah, how we offer these things to the God. And so the first thing, we offer our, go- our, our hearts to God. So I don't know if y'all know, maybe you probably do, but the heart is the control center of where our emotions come from, our will, our desires. And to be honest with you guys, because sin is part of us, we're prone to selfishness in these aspects. And I know this to be true because I've seen this in my life. I've experienced this. And so before I walked with the Lord, my BC days, I, I had my first real boyfriend. And this was pre-Sean, too, so this wasn't Sean. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so when, when I got my first real boyfriend, I was so excited because my thoughts were, finally, I will feel special. Finally, I will feel loved and cared for. And my desires to, you know, would be fulfilled. And I, I did like the guy, but When it comes down to it, all I could think about was myself and how I could be satisfied. And I think we do this with our lives, too, and everything that we do. We think about ourselves first, and we think about how how we can be satisfied. And so what God is asking 
is that we offer our hearts to him. I believe that God wants to transform the selfishness that we have in us as selflessness and that we would desire what he desires. We would love what he loves and also hate what he hates. And yeah, I know that as we do this, this will also cause sacrifice because I'll have to get, we'll have to give up what we want and what we desire, right? And so the second thing, the second thing God's asking us to offer is our minds. Minds, minds are interesting. It's where we think things through, we think over things, where we reflect on our days or meditate on whatever we meditate on. And when I think of the mind, I think of, of what I tend to do is dwell. Anybody dwell? Your dwellers? I know there's a lot of girls raising their hand. I know girls are known for thinking too much. Any guys? Guys dwell? Alec admitted it. That's awesome. And so when I dwell on things, most of the time it's not really on good things. And, and when I think about the bad things that happen, I think, you know, I think of like over and over again, like how the conversation went. I have that pretend conversation back and forth in my head of how it should have gone. And then I think about how rude someone was to me or the hurtful things that they say. And as I continue to dwell on it, it doesn't like, it just keeps me fired up. Like, you know, you don't get any better thinking about those things. And so God wants us to offer our minds to him as well. Um, Yeah, he wants us to dwell on things so that we don't dwell on things that like cause bitterness and anger in us. he doesn't want us to think on things that worry us or cause like that inner turmoil when we dwell. And so, honestly, I think what the Lord really wants to do is he wants to help us learn how to process things in a healthy way with him. And so, with that as well, God wants us to learn to think on things that are good. And so there's a verse, it's Philippians 4.8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is, I think this is a great guideline to determine whether or not the things we're thinking about are good. And then lastly, with our minds, God wants us to think more about him. A.W. Tozer says this, he says, without doubt, the mightiest thought the mind can entertain is a thought about God. To think about God is the best thing our minds can go to. And so the sacrifice is that we will have to give up old thought patterns or actually think, (laughs) use our minds to think on things. And so that's the second thing. The third thing we offer is our soul. And if you're like me, soul just always seems kind of abstract. I'm like, okay, I have a soul. What is a soul? And um, soul, soul is actually really cool. It is the seat of the personality. So ev- my soul has everything that makes up Heather. It has everything that makes up Bray or Damani or Alec. Our souls are the seat of our personality. And so some of us, we are loud and rambunctious. Or like me, <laughs> we're quiet and reserved, or you could be silly, or serious, or funny, or outgoing, and I think the thing about our personality is sometimes we can be an extreme of our personalities, and so y'all remember earlier I said I was a loner in college my first year, right, and I was, I was very quiet. 
I always kept my opinions to myself. And I was very introvert. I was very extreme in those things. And as I've given my personality to the Lord, my soul, he has helped me move from one end and going towards the middle so that I don't just stay on one end. And that goes for extroverts as well. If you're an extrovert and you don't like spending your time alone, God wants you to go towards the middle so you can learn to spend your time alone because that's healthy for us too. And so as we offer our souls to God, I honestly think we become more normal. <laughs> and so I know, I mean, I know I've seen that in my life. I've seen that in others. And so I've had to sacrifice um, my comfort zone. And I've had to sacrifice walls that I have that, you know, protect me, right? But I know that it's for my own good. And so the last thing, the last thing that we offer to God is our actual bodies. And so our bodies, they serve us, um, they serve our purposes. They have many functions. So if I'm going to class, I'm using my legs to go to class. Or if I'm going to work out, you know, I'm using my body to work out. Um, if I'm going to cook something, I use my hands. It serves the purposes of what we want. And so with our bodies, God doesn't want us to use even our bodies for our own purposes, but he wants us to offer our bodies to him for his purposes, to serve him. And so what I want you to think about is every single body part that you have, your arms, your legs, your back and your stomach, and your eyes and your ears and your mouth, and and think of, of ways that you can use those to serve God. You can use your legs to go to people who don't know about Jesus. Or you can use your lips to speak life into people and to honor and encourage them. You can ask God to give you eyes to see as he sees and ears to hear what he has to say. And so this, this is how we offer our bodies to God. And as we offer these things to God, it will be our living sacrifice, which is holy and pleasing and it's good to him. And this is our true and proper worship. As we give our lives to God in this way, this is how we worship him. And so I don't want to forget the rest of that verse. It talks about a sacrifice. So, so like we've been talking about sacrifices, but I want to talk about it a little bit more. And I don't know about you guys, but when I think of sacrifice, I think about blood and I think about death. And I'm just like, okay, God. I don't really want anything to do with that because that's kind of scary. Um, but sacrifice actually means to dedicate or to offer for a divine purpose. To dedicate or offer something for a divine purpose. And so if you guys don't know, in the Old Testament, um, God's people used to make sacrifices to amend their sins, um, to be right with God. But... Um, it didn't really, I mean, it didn't really make them right with God because as we read, they continually had to keep doing it. And so when Jesus came, he offered himself as the ultimate sacrifice. And he saved us from our sin. And the system of sacrifices stopped because of what Jesus did. And we could be fully right with him and forgiven. And so now we ask, why are, why are we to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice? We aren't offering something to God because Jesus' sacrifice wasn't good enough. We are offering our bodies to God as a response of his mercy to us. Because of who God is and what he has done for us, he is worth it for us to give our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our bodies to. So 
So sacrifice, again, I said it, it is death. It's giving something up. And it, it's, not, it's not a physical death that we have to go through, but it's something inward in us that has to die. It's our will, our desires, our pride, our emotions, attitudes. Sometimes it's our majors, friendships, even our time. And so in essence, the things that need to die are things that, that don't show worth to God or glorify him. And so what I believe is that God wants to transform those things. He wants to make them into something new. What I want you guys to know is that God, he doesn't want to just improve us and make us better. He wants to make us into something new. And so because of who God is and what he's done for us, this leads us to respond, like I've been saying. And so... Paul is urging us to dedicate our bodies for a divine purpose and to offer it to God. And as, as we do this, we are living a life devoted to God. We are having a devotional life where we don't just worship God at Chi Alpha or church, even though it's awesome time, it really, it really involves worship, but we, we worship God with our entire lives, with all of ourselves, and we can do it at all times. And so God doesn't leave us trying to figure out by ourselves why, but Paul actually talks about how to do this in the following verse, in Romans 12, 2. He says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing will and perfect will. We can only live a life of worship if we are transformed. And so our hearts and our minds and our bodies and our souls, everything can be offered to God. And so how, how can we be transformed? That's the question, right? And I think we have to look at God's word and truth. God's word teaches us about him. We get to know about him. And it teaches us about ourselves, too. Um, it describes God's works to us. And so as we dwell on these things, his word takes root in our hearts, and we can apply it. And one thing we also have to know is God's word is also the truth. I think so often we let um, truth be defined by how we feel. And when we do that, we, we aren't actually getting what is the truth. Or we let our lives be defined by actions. Just do, 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 tell me what to do, and then I'll be done. But that doesn't help either because we don't really have a purpose. And so instead of being ruled by feelings or actions, we need to learn what the truth is and read it in God's word and let that transform our minds. And, 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 and it transforming our mind, it'll transform everything else. And then the last thing we have to do is that as we allow ourselves to be transformed, we have to have a spirit that's willing to submit. As we read and learn, God is going to reveal things in our hearts and in our minds, our souls and our bodies, everything. He's going to reveal things to us that he wants us to, so to sacrifice, to offer to him, so that it could be used to worship him and for his glory. So we have to be willing to submit to what he's asking us to sacrifice.
And so going back to this verse, he says, he says, don't be conformed by the patterns of this world. And I think naturally that's what we do. And I mean, I understand like we're surrounded by the world. We're surrounded by, by trying to, um, we take like what it thinks. We have the mentality of the world of me first. But even as we do this, we have to take away what the world says and see what God says. Band, you can come up. God is saying no to following the world. He's saying that he has a different life for us to live. Jesus says, I am the truth, I am the way, I am the life. And God's way is a way of love, it's a way of holiness, and it shows us that he is the only one that will truly satisfy. And as we do this, we are showing that God is the most important person in our life. As we offer our bodies to him, we are going to worship, we worship him. So worship is a call to sacrifice. And it's saying that we will not make life about us. We have the choice to sacrifice ourselves which will show God that he is worthy for us to give ourselves to him. So our response for tonight is to offer ourselves to him. Offer your hearts, offer your bodies, offer your minds and your souls. And I think it's fitting because this place down here, it's called the altar, and the altar is where we make sacrifices. So we're going to pray, and when you're ready, you can come down and lay down your sacrifice and worship the Lord. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy of everything that we have, of all that we are. God, because of what you've done, because of who you are, we, we have to respond. We can't let a gift like that go unnoticed and Lord, we want to worship you with our lives. Would you help us to offer this to you and to really live a life that worships you? God, we need you. We pray that you would help us go forth to do this, Lord. We love you, Jesus, and we ask this in your name.